Well, happy Resurrection Day. It's, it is, uh, we say Easter, but we mean Resurrection Day. That is the true meaning of this day. Today we are celebrating the most important event in the history of the world, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk today about Jesus is alive. This is not just an event that happened 2,000 years ago, although it is that. It has implications for us today. And since Jesus is raised from the dead, he is alive forevermore. And so this morning we're going to be talking about why the resurrection is so important to each one of us. In the middle of your bulletins, there is a handout, a white page. You can follow along with the outline there as well as the verses. If you want to take that out, to be up on the screen as well. And so Jesus prophesied that this was going to happen before it happened. Matthew 20, verse 18, the Son of Man, Jesus speaking of himself, will be delivered over to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And he will be raised on the third day. This is what Jesus told his followers before the events began to happen. And yet, despite Jesus telling his followers that this was going to happen, they didn't really believe that he was going to die. And when he died, they really didn't believe that he was going to rise again. Now, if Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, what would he be? He would be a false prophet. He would be a liar. And certainly not the Son of God. So as followers of Jesus, we speak a lot of, of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins. And indeed, he did die on the cross for our sins. But without the resurrection, Jesus' death would have accomplished absolutely nothing. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, 17, And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Pretty clear. You see, when God raised Jesus from the dead, it meant that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. Jesus was raised from the dead never to die again. He lives forevermore. And that had never happened before in the history of the world. We don't celebrate Jesus hanging on the cross. We, we celebrate the empty tomb. The empty tomb meant that Jesus was no longer dead. He lives forever and ever. And the resurrection of Jesus means that every believer, every follower of Jesus Christ will be resurrected in the same way. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 52 tells us in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. Amazing, isn't it? As followers of Jesus Christ, we're going to receive resurrected bodies just as Jesus did when he rose from the dead. And that body that we're going to receive just as Jesus will have spiritual and physical dimensions, just as Jesus did. Our resurrected bodies will fit us to live forever. 
a desire that God has put in every human being's heart. In a new heavens and a new earth. And so sorry to disappoint any of you, we're not going to be floating on clouds playing harps forever and ever. It always seemed very boring to me. It's going to be much more exciting. We'll have a wonderful life in eternity along with Jesus and other believers. All because of the resurrection of Jesus. All because Jesus is alive. So today we're going to look a little more closely at the story of the resurrection from the Gospel of Luke to see how it applies to our lives today. First of all, Jesus died and was buried. Luke 23, verse 46, Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, he's on the cross here in this verse, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. And all his acquaintances and the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. Now, not everyone believes Jesus died on the cross. Of course, there are theories that he just swooned on the cross, that he became unconscious on the cross, and, and so he woke up in the tomb, and that's, he didn't really raise from the dead. But Jesus indeed was dead. Jesus was crucified on the cross by Roman soldiers whose job was to crucify people. And they crucified hundreds, if not thousands, of people on a regular basis. It was their method of capital punishment. It was a very cruel way to die. And the soldiers made very sure that everyone on the cross did die. If they didn't die just from hanging there, they would break their legs to make sure they would die quickly. But Jesus didn't need to have his legs broken. He released his spirit into his father's hands, says he breathed his last, and he died. The soldiers made sure he was dead by plunging a spear into his side. And he was truly dead. Many of Jesus' followers watched the crucifixion. They watched his, and listened to his last words. They saw him go limp on the cross. They saw his body taken down from the cross. Normally, crucified were left to decompose on that cross or else they were thrown into a common mass grave. But God had different plans for Jesus. It was carried out by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down and wrapped it in a linen shroud and laid him in a tomb cut in stone where no one had ever yet been laid. And so tombs cut in stone were very, very expensive. And so only the wealthy were buried there. And even for the wealthy, a tomb cut in stone was to be used for the entire family in multiple generations. Many people were buried in tombs. And so it was very unusual to have a stone cut tomb that no one had been buried in. It was obviously a, a brand new tomb that Joseph had prepared probably for himself, the rest of his family, and his descendants. This tomb where Jesus was laid in was completely empty, and it soon would be again. Now Joseph took a risk in asking for Jesus' body. 
the Jewish leaders had conspired to kill him. But yet Pilate granted his request, and he was able to take the body of Jesus and bury it in the new tomb. Joseph himself saw that Jesus was dead. The women who were following along, watching the crucifixion, they saw the body taken down. They watched his body being taken and laid in this new tomb. Verse 55 says, The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ornaments. Now these women had also heard, they were followers of Jesus, they had also heard that Jesus had predicted that he would be crucified and rise again. But seeing Jesus battered, bleeding, and now dead body, any thoughts of him being resurrected seemed absolutely impossible. The body had to be immediately buried on Friday because all, all those kind of things had to be done before the Sabbath on Saturday. And so the body was hurriedly buried in the tomb on Friday and the women went to prepare spices and ointments. And they were, those type of things were part of a respectful burial at that time. And so Jesus, not fainted, had not swooned, had not become unconscious, he was dead, and many people were witnesses to that fact. And so he was buried in this tomb. A large stone was rolled across the entrance, and it was sealed. And we know from the other Gospels, soldiers were stationed to guard the tomb so that no one could come in and steal the body. So recently, we've been studying in the Gospel of Luke what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we often speak of following Jesus as doing the things that he did in life, doing the same type of things, and, and speaking as he did. But the Bible also speaks of following Jesus in his death. In fact, dying to our old way of life is the first step in becoming a believer or follower of Jesus Christ. Every human being has sinned, and that sin has separated us from God. Jesus called on people to repent from their sins. And to repent is to turn away from that sin and to die to our old way of life. That we had before following Jesus. And that death to sin is represented when we are baptized by immersion. We are lowered down under the water representing our death to our old way of life. Our death to the sin in our life. Following Symbolically, just as Jesus was buried in the tomb. But that's not the end of baptism. Wouldn't be good if that was the end of baptism, would it? <clears throat> because Jesus did not remain buried in the tomb. That is not the end of baptism. The tomb is not the end of the story of Easter. So the good news, the amazing news, is that Jesus rose from the dead. Verse 1, chapter 24, but on the first day of the week, it's our Sunday, at early dawn they went to the tomb, that's the women, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. And so the women came to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus with the spices. And I, you know, I have to think about what was in their minds. What did they think was going to happen when they got to the tomb with the stone there? I don't know if they knew there were soldiers supposedly, or there were soldiers stationed there. Of course, when the angels came, the soldiers departed. 
I don't know what was in their minds, how they were going to roll that massive stone away. I don't think they could have done it. Perhaps they were so full of emotions over the death of Jesus, they hadn't sorted it out. They thought they'd just come and somehow it would work out. But none of those impossibilities really mattered because God had a different plan. The enormous stone had been rolled away by angels. Undoubtedly, the women, as they came, they were amazed. They wondered what had happened. I think they had seen the stone rolled, sealing the tomb, and now it was no longer there. It says, but when they went, verse 3, in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, which they'd been expecting to find. Well, they were perplexed about this. Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. So the women went inside, expecting to find the body laying on the slab inside the tomb. But when they went in, there was no body. In fact, all that was there were the grave clothes, neatly folded, we read in the other Gospels, laying there on that shelf. The women couldn't figure out what was going on. Couldn't figure out what had happened, and suddenly they see these two men in brilliant clothes, dazzling. How would you have responded? Well, they were frightened. You know, I always ask God, I'd like to see an angel someday, but I'm not sure I want to see an angel because everybody is scared out of their wits when they see an angel. And they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground. And the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember now how he told you while he was still in Galilee. And so the women were frightened. They couldn't bear to to gaze at these brilliant angels. The angels explained what had happened. In fact, this is the only explanation that makes any sense of why the tomb was empty. It was that Jesus had risen from the dead. No, he had not swooned and pushed the big stone away by himself and walked away. No, nobody had stolen the body. That was impossible. He had risen from the dead. Just as Jesus had told them previously he was going to do. They should have remembered. But yet somehow, in the midst of the emotion of the occasion, they had forgotten. And so this was amazing news. These angels were telling the women. It was amazing. Their whole world had been once again turned upside down. You see, their world was turned upside down when Jesus died. They didn't really expect it to happen. They didn't expect him to be crucified. And then they were grieving. How could this happen? And then all of a sudden, they're seeing angels. They're seeing an empty tomb. He was telling them that Jesus had risen from the dead. Almost too good to believe. But they believed that he had indeed risen from the dead. Now, this was not the first example of someone being raised from the dead. We read about resurrections from the dead in the Old Testament. The Old Testament prophets raised people from the dead. What happened after they were raised from the dead? Eventually, they died again. The same happened in the New Testament. Jesus raised people from the dead. Lazarus is the most famous example. But ultimately, Lazarus died. He was raised 
eventually to die again. Jesus was raised from the dead never to die again. He was alive. He was on this earth for 40 days after he was raised from the dead and hundreds of witnesses saw him alive, the Bible tells us. Many witnesses are named and there's groups. He appeared to groups of people as well. Jesus' resurrection proves that he was the Son of God, that what he said was true. The resurrection means that the Father accepted Jesus' sacrifice for our sins as payment for those sins. And the resurrection of Jesus means that all believers will one day be resurrected again. Or resurrected really for the first time. Our bodies will be resurrected no matter what has become of our bodies. Whether we're buried in a casket somewhere, whether we are burned with fire, uh, it doesn't matter. God's going to put us back together again and we're going to receive glorified bodies. When a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, their old self is buried and they are spiritually raised up again as a new creation. Jesus called it being born again. Born into a new way of life. And that's what we've been talking about baptism as we are buried under the water. It represents our death to our old way of life when we come back up out of the water. We are being raised to new life. It's a picture of that. A new creation. We are born again into a new life with Jesus. And so this morning, if there's anyone here that has not been baptized since you've become a believer, we encourage you to sign up. For baptism on May 29th, and uh, we'll get you on the list. If you have questions, you can talk to me about it. Since Jesus conquered death, we can help. Uh, since Jesus, it's, I think it's a woodpecker. <laughs> they found another wall to peck, I think. It used to be over there, and now it's over here, so... <clears throat> Where was I? Uh, <clears throat> so you can sign up uh, uh, to be baptized on your Connect card. If you have questions about that, we encourage you to ask me. I'll, we'll give you more details after you sign up. It's going to be May 29th after service. She scared him away, huh? It was a pecker, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And since Jesus was raised from the dead, he is alive and he can help you overcome any obstacle in your life. You see, I mean, there's no greater obstacle than being raised from the dead. Uh, he was dead and through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, he's alive today. And since Jesus rose from the dead, we must tell others the good news. I mean, this is amazing news. This is, I mean, as believers, we've heard it. If you've been saved as a young child your whole life. But it is the most extraordinary, earth-shaking news in the history of the world. That Jesus rose from the dead and he's alive. Verse 9. And returning from the tomb, they, that's the women, told all these things to the eleven, the eleven apostles, and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and... <laughs> okay, I'm going to just ignore it. And Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. So there was not just two women. These, there were women that were named. And there were others as well. And they came running back to tell the 11 apostles what had happened. They were so excited. I believe these women believed Jesus indeed 
have been risen from the dead because they saw angels. I mean, you know, that's, that's like something, when angels tell you something, you're going to believe it. Not only did they tell the apostles, but they told other friends, other followers of Jesus that were there, that the tomb was empty. Now, these other people were grieving. They were sorrowful. They were sad. They were weeping, grieving over the death of Jesus. This was the best news ever. So how did these faith-filled apostles respond? Did they jump for joy? Well, it says these words appeared to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Wow, you've got half a dozen women coming back or more, telling this story, all have the same story, saying the same thing, and these clueless men wouldn't believe them. Women said, son, it sounds about right, right? So they wouldn't believe what they were saying. They didn't believe, even when the women told them, they didn't believe, even though Jesus had told them it was going to happen before. Why? They were just grieving. They just couldn't get out of their mourning. It just seemed too good to be true. But one of the disciples, just one, guess who, decided to check out the story. It was Peter. But Peter rose, verse 12, and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. Peter didn't walk to the tomb. He ran to the tomb as fast as he could. He looked inside to see if what the women had said was true. And he saw with his own eyes it was empty. And not only was it empty, the grave clothes were lying there. Now why is that significant? If the body was stolen, would the people have taken off his grave clothes and lied them there neatly folded? Absolutely not. Jesus rose from the dead I don't totally know what he wore after that, <laughs> but not grave clothes. Uh, he folded them up, left them there, and uh, he rose from the tomb or exited the tomb. The stone had been rolled away by angels. Verse tells us that Peter went home marveling at what had happened. To me, that says that Peter believed. He believed that Jesus, not only had, that the tomb was empty, that was obvious, he believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. He had seen the evidence with his own eyes. He was awestruck. This unexpected turn of events. It was wonderful news. And so the women couldn't keep the good news to themselves, and Peter couldn't keep the good news to himself either, and they began to tell everyone about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So once a person fully understands and fully believes that Jesus has risen from the dead, once a person understands the significance of the resurrection, they will become a follower of Jesus Christ. Because he is who he said he was. In a few minutes, I'll give you an opportunity, if you're here today or listening online, to become a follower of Jesus or to recommit your life to following Him. Once a person becomes a follower of Jesus, He calls us to be a witness for Him. And what is a witness? A witness simply tells the good news. Tells the good news of what's happened in your life and tells the good news to other people. That Jesus died on the cross 
and was resurrected and is alive and living today. So how can we have the courage to tell others this good news? And what I would say is a hostile environment. How are we going to have the courage to do that? Well, Jesus promised in Acts 1.8 that he would make available to us the power of the Holy Spirit to be his witnesses. It's a promise he gave to his disciples in his day that were there alive. It's a promise that carries on down through history to us in the year 2022. All we have to do is ask Jesus for the power of the Holy Spirit to give us the courage to tell others, to give us opportunities to share the good news. And he will do that. Jesus will use each one of us to spread the good news of the resurrection. Scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Resurrection is so important. And so today, Easter 2022, we've taken time to reflect on what happened 2,000 years ago on that first Easter. On Friday, Jesus died and was buried in a new tomb. His followers mourned. They lost all hope. They didn't believe he was going to rise again. In fact, they'd forgotten he even told them he was going to rise again. But on Easter Sunday, he rose from the dead. Because Jesus is alive, you can have hope today. No matter what you're going through, Jesus conquered death. He is bigger than any problem you may be facing in your life. He's bigger than any difficulty you may be facing. He's bigger than any mountain that's standing in your way. Because Jesus is alive, you can know him as your Savior and Lord because he's alive He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. Because Jesus is alive, we must tell the good news to others as well. So to become a believer, there's three simple steps to make it simple. We've already talked about it. You need to confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart. But the first step really is to repent, to turn away from any sin in your life, the Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Admit that we've sinned. We need to believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin. He rose from the dead again. He's alive today. Ask Him to forgive you, to come into your life, and then commit your life to following Him as your Lord and Savior all your days. So let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. If you never prayed a prayer like this before or you'd like to recommit your life to him this morning, I'd encourage you to pray along with me as well. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned, I've done wrong things, I've been following my plan for my life, not yours. And I repent, I turn away from my sin. I ask you to forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sin, that I might be forgiven. And I believe that he rose from the dead and he's alive today. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you as my Lord and Savior all the days of my life. And Father, we thank you, God, for reminding us this Easter morning, 2022, 
of what happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead. We thank you that he's alive today. Lord, we pray that the significance of that event will become more real to us than ever before today. And not just today, but for the rest of this year and for the rest of our lives. That we'd be so impressed by what happened and the significance of that, that we would not be able to stop telling others the good news. That we'd not be able to stop talking about Jesus being alive and present in our lives and the things that he's doing in and through us to those around us, that they also might experience new life in Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Amen. If you made a commitment or a recommitment of your life to Jesus Christ this morning, I'd like to ask you to check a box on the back of your Connect card so that we can pray for you. We also have some materials on the table in the foyer. Startup Studies and New Believers, New Testament, they're free. We encourage you to pick those up. If you haven't, they'll be helpful to you in your walk with God. Next Sunday, we begin a new message series, which have been titled Learn from Jesus. And uh, we're going to be studying some of the things that Jesus taught his disciples. And all those things apply to us today as followers of Jesus or those who are seeking to learn more about Jesus. So we encourage you to come back next Sunday for that new message series. Now we're going to have a time at the end of the service for prayer for healing. It's a time that we pray for people to be healed in every dimension of their lives, whether it's a physical healing that they need, whether it is a spiritual healing they need, whether it's emotional or mental healing. And we're going to pray for whatever it may be in your life or for someone that you're concerned about who is close to you. Acts 5.15 says they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So many verses on healing in, this, in the scriptures. And this is not Jesus. This is one of his followers. Who, in my estimation, is doing a miracle greater than anything Jesus did. We don't have any record of Jesus' shadow healing anybody. And God still heals through other people, through the power of the Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit can heal any disease, any sickness, anything that needs healing. And so this morning we're going to pray. And one of the things we've been doing, I just feel as, a, as, a, as we're praying all together as an act of faith, is just reaching out our hand to the Lord for whoever we're praying for. If it's myself, I'm going to raise my hand. If it's for somebody else, uh, we're going to pray together. And I'm going to pray and I encourage you to pray along with me today. So just reach out your hand to God as a, as a symbol of your faith, as an act of faith, that you're reaching out to him in prayer. Father, today we pray together, and I pray that we'd all pray along with me. We pray together that your spirit, the spirit of the living Jesus, would be here today, would be present as we pray. We ask for the healing power of the spirit be here to bring healing 
of every disease, of every sickness, of every injury that's represented here or is being prayed for. We ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to bring wholeness, uh, to bring health, to bring things back to the normal state. In Jesus' name, in the name of Jesus, and we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. And today we specifically pray for the resurrection of dead dreams, God. The dreams that you've given people here today, and, and some people have been waiting so long to see those dreams fulfilled, God, that they're losing hope. We pray, God, this morning that you would restore hope, that you would bring a resurrection of the dreams and visions that you've given people that are from you, that they would once again and believe that those things are going to happen through your power, through the power of your Holy Spirit, God. Resurrect the dreams that you've given people. We pray in Jesus' name. Dreams for children, God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Whatever those dreams from you are, we pray that hope and faith would once again rise for the children of the people represented here. Dreams for ministry, God. Dreams for careers. Dreams for relationships, God, we pray that you would resurrect those dreams. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.